This is Tony Rosario from the What the Heck Show on Union Power Radio, and this is our disclaimer. The content of this radio show is provided for informational purposes only. Hector and myself and our guest are not responsible for the consequences of any decisions or actions taken as a result of information provided in this show and do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information provided. The information discussed today reflects the views of Hector, myself, and our guest as of the date of this show and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any forward-looking statements are based solely on assumptions, opinions, and actual results may vary from any such statements. No reliance should be placed on any statement said on date of this radio show. Now stay tuned and enjoy, and thank you for listening. Nice. You are now in tune with the boss of the business, the What The Heck Show, on UnionPowerRadio.com. Good afternoon, my brothers and sisters of Teamsters Local 804 and Teamsters listening across the country. We are here today on October 2nd. It is a beautiful Sunday. I'm joking, actually. It's raining and crappy out, but hey, that's the way things are. Um, it was also rainy and crappy on the day we went to visit our brother Matthew Maney in Local 251 over there in Pawtucket, uh, Rhode Island, I believe. Um, all right, so our brother Matthew Maney is uh, from Local 251. He's going to talk a little bit about himself and what's been going on at the DHL Hub. I want to say thank you to the Big Bad Wolf for putting this together as usual. Um, we got Greg Kerwood also from Local 25. Uh, Union steward Tiffany Thompson's on there. Also, I see um, Roswell Hub, our brother David Allen from Georgia's on there, Local 728, and Dean Dawes. So, Matt, let's just kick it off to you, Matt, because you're our, our guest today, and we want to talk about what's going on with you at DHL and the striking, and uh, let us know what's going on, and talk a little bit about yourself, too, so that people can know who you are, because I know some people know you, but not everybody. Sure. Uh, my name's Matt Laney. I'm from Local 251 in Providence, Rhode Island. I've been a business agent for nine years, elected, uh, union delegate, uh, the OZ slate. Uh, and my principal office is Matthew KB, vice president. Um, so the issues in Pawtucket are very unique. Uh, there are 41 independent contractors in the United States that currently do the work for DHL Express, meaning their third-party bills. Uh, the ICs, are, some are organized and some are not. 
the one that we represent is, and we are currently on strike against that IT for health care and wages. The average health care plan in the facility is $340 a week for a family plan, a little less than that for a single plan, on workers making on average $18 an hour, which makes the health care plan unaffordable or unobtainable for the working class. So we've been out uh, roughly now since June 22nd, uh, which is about 17, almost 17 weeks now. Uh, we've been fighting hard. IC uh, is not negotiating in good in good faith. It's bogging in bad faith with us. Uh, refuses to come to the table last time. Um, and we've just been out there in war. As you can see, when you guys came up, uh, locally the four came up, paid us a visit uh, in a foreign downpour monsoon, but we appreciated the solidarity and the generous donation to the strike fund. So, uh, I Tiffany Thomas on the line here, she's the steward of the rank and file there, is roughly 65 members in the unit. Um, and she, she can answer any and all your questions about what's been going on, but uh, it's been a war out there. It's been a very grueling war. And, you know, at the end of the day, Express is an allied employer. We believe Express to be an allied employer and aiding the independent contractor. And we're battling a corporation making $92 billion a year when it's all said and done. Um, Matt, you want to tell the folks a little bit about when our brothers from Boston came down to visit you guys and how the, the, there was a, uh, let's say, a kind of violent reaction on behalf of the company? Well, not the company itself, but, you know, there are Pinkertons, you can call them. Yes. So we had a joint council 10 rally called by Tom Murray, a day of action against the independent contractor where all the adjacent locals in New England came down and showed support, uh, which was peaceful. We had the, the governor of Rhode Island there, the lieutenant governor, the speaker of the house for Rhode Island there, um, various, um, you know, high-ranking politicians who support labor were there to support us. They showed up and gave their speeches without any incident. As soon as the politicians decided to leave, the police, the police showed up in full riot gear uh, with the intent to, you know, brutalize the strikers and, and basically break the strike. Uh, we were gassed. We were beaten, myself included, uh, thrown to the ground. I suffered a fractured rib, a tailbone injury. Uh, and Tiffany, who really took the brunt of it, is on the phone line now, uh, where she was really, uh, they did a number on her and Charles Reed, another picketer. Um, they had every intention that day. They also released the canine dogs on us, which I've never seen that, uh, to basically put the fear of God into us, feed us, gas us, drag us to jail, lock us up over the weekend, and basically send a message to the rest of the picketers. But if you continue to do this out here, this is what waits you. Uh, the locals taking any and all appropriate action against that, against the town for that. Um, so we'll know more in the later days coming exactly what the fallout of that will be. But I can tell you that the police have never been our friends, and it was more it was more proof of it on that day. Uh, they want to strip you of your right to picket. They want to strip you of your right to peacefully demonstrate and fight for your collective bargaining. Are you allowed by any chance to speak about some of the bargaining that's been going on and what was offered so far? Or is that stuff that you can't speak about because you're still in negotiations? No, we can speak about it. I mean, right now it's going nowhere. Uh, they won't budge on the healthcare. They haven't budged on the healthcare since early August of this year. Um, 
they still say that healthcare is not their issue, not their problem. They really don't care that people can't afford healthcare. Uh, they're not in the business of providing people healthcare. And uh, that position from the company has not changed since early August. Um, nor has it ever really changed with any of those ICs. Um, and it's not right because this is the system that we were dealt where employers deal with healthcare and have to be the healthcare provider. And so this is often what you deal with when you go to the negotiation people, uh, table dealing with employers who don't want to pay a living wage or give you affordable health care. All right. Thank you, Matt, for all that. I would like uh, if, Timothy, if Tiffany could unmute herself, uh, if possible. I don't know if she's like why, in a car. Why I wasn't invited no, to that I'm party. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Tiffany. No, I- Hi, how are you guys? Thank Great. you for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I mean, Matt just really told us a lot already. Is there anything you want to add, especially to the way you were uh, treated that day those those Pinkertons came down on you? Well, I would definitely say that they've pretty much had it out for me from the beginning. So they made sure that everything lined up, that I was, you know, obviously beaten. I still at this moment haven't watched any of the videos or the news broadcast of what happened to me. I don't really want to see it. And they made sure to put me to the ACI for the weekend. So they're not my biggest fans, but I am back out there on the strike line with my brothers and sisters. And they're not going to stop me from fighting this fight i mean we need this health care we need these wages and i don't care what they do we're gonna keep being out there doing what we have the right to do so do you guys feel that the health care is the biggest and main issue or i mean the wage has also got to be a problem yeah, yeah i would yeah oh yeah in the in the scale of the top three it's definitely healthcare wages and then pension is right there at the third we surveyed all the members previous to the strike so we definitely had an idea where they stood right and, and, and we, want to, we want to remind all your listeners this is a guy that went out and bought three pieces of property paid, uh seven hundred thousand dollars a piece and paid cash mm-hmm. uh for each property so he has no debt on any or any of it but is consistently telling us that healthcare is not his issue or his problem. So he has the money, he has the means. He's just choosing not to be a good employer. He's just basically what we call a deadbeat. And would you like to let some of the listeners know that um, how much money uh, DHL Teamster that are part of the national plan are making so that they can know the difference between what's going on with this DHL, this particular DHL hub? So the DHL worker who works directly for Express is making almost $37 an hour right now. Fully funded teams to pension and fully funded teams to health and welfare uh, to do the same exact job that Tiffany does. Tiffany currently gets $18 an hour and doesn't receive any health care plan. There is no pension system, nor is there a 401k. 401k is not a pension. It's a self-savings account. You guys know that being UPS. Uh, so... There is no set structure or system in there for any kind of future. Um, it's basically a throwaway job that, uh, you know, it's, you know, four or 500% turnover ratio where people come in, work a little while, and they leave because there's no future there. And, but many times these workers are faced with, you know, paying $1,700 a month for rent. They got childcare. They got, they got grocery bills. And with 8% inflation, $18 an hour just doesn't cut it. The wage should be up around $23, $24 an hour to stock, and we work our way up from there. Uh, But, you know, 
uh, again, you're dealing with a corporation who makes billions of dollars globally, DHL Express, uh, and unfortunately, Hoffa allowed them to have this template where the ICs came in. I will say there is an agenda out of the IBT to try to address this in the future and get this issue dealt with once and for all. So there are no more ICs. That could be the ultimate, the ultimate goal here by the IBT. And I can see Sean O'Brien and Fred Zuckerman leading the fight for that, obviously, because they've been very supportive up until this, to this day right now on everything that's going on. I have a, how did DHL crawl back into the scene? Because, you know, they, they sold all the, uh, the vans uh, a couple of years ago, and now they're coming back? I mean, when, when did they came, come back to the, to the scene? About, about 2002, DHL uh, tried to get into the domestic market. We, we remember that when they saw, they made the huge announcement that they would be doing domestic United States. Shortly after that, around 05, 06, that's when they went belly up on the domestic and just kind of phased out and kept the international overnight as their top priority. They also have married up Amazon, which they are the sole providers in and out of China for Amazon. Most of that stuff comes into Cincinnati Hub uh, and gets sorted out and brought to various locations for Amazon. So their biggest customer would be Amazon Logistics, bringing stuff in and out of China for them. Uh, and that's kind of kept them alive in the United States market. But we already knew globally in Europe, they are huge. They are, they are bigger than UPS worldwide. And they make more deliveries each day worldwide than UPS does. That's correct. They, they have post office somewhere in Germany, I guess, right? They have the post office there? They are, are the German Deutsche. Right. Wow. And I don't understand. Right. They got the money. So, I mean, why wouldn't they negotiate and give... The health benefits, I don't, well, I don't get it. Because Express is, the, Express is position in their business model is that they're a third party and they're neutral. They don't, they don't get involved in the ICs, which we know not to be true. They aid the ICs. They tell the ICs exactly what to do. They make the policies of DHL Express the ICs policies. So they're, at, they're a joint employer, and they, and they hide behind that they're not a joint employer, that they're a third-party builder, that they have no say what the ICs do, which we all know is it's not, it's not true. Oh, wow. Let me ask you something. There's a lot of listeners on here that, that I mean, I know for the most part everybody knows what a scab is. Um, but yeah, what you. You've been dealing, <laughs> what you've been dealing with is, I'm going to, I got a scab right here. I think his actor's yeah. name is on yeah. Uh, so, can you, uh, Ma Matt, could you explain to some of our listeners exactly what a scab is and how it's affecting you? And maybe Tiffany could jump in also. I know I was out there. I saw what the scabs were doing, and it's just, it's infuriating. I don't want to talk about it because I'm going to get really nasty. But, Matt, I want you to speak articulately on this matter, if you can. Yeah. Yeah, he wants you to not be nasty, Matt, just for the record. Tony, <laughs> Tony's going to be too nasty, but he's going to pass it to you. <laughs> I'm fighting hard mouth. I'm trying to keep it cheap. <laughs> so, a scab is the lowest life form known to mankind. It's the person who has decided that they're going to sell out their own class, the working class, and cross our picket line and go accept scab wages to do the same job. Um, they do this regularly there. They're using certain services like Uber Logistics. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, where they put it out onto Uber looking for drivers and drivers show up. Um, we've been dealing with that daily. Um, but as time has gone on, we treat the scab as such. The scab is there to take our job. We're going to fight back. And we let the scabs know 
that there's gaps, that there's stumps. And, you know, it has had positive outcomes with a lot of scabs. They come, they go, they leave. They don't want any part of it. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. It gets a little rowdy out there. Some people don't like the fact that, you know, I don't like it when somebody crosses over and does his job. You know, a lot of people get angered by that, rightfully so, because you're out there fighting for a living wage, and these people are out there trying to undermine you to aid a corporation who doesn't give a shit about any human life. Did anyone has crossed the line from the you know from the members? Anyone that just says uh, I I got to go back to work? I need the money. They haven't crossed. Absolutely no, not. No, 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 no. It's quite the opposite. They're, they're kind of like um, you know, look, we're not gonna uh, we're never gonna go back unless we get a living wage and a living health care plan that helps us. Um, we make them the money. I'd rather eat from a dumpster and cross a picket line and, and sell my brothers and sisters out there. So, and literally, they're banding together. They're, they're helping one another out. They're feeding each other. They're showing up every day. They're taking care of issues. We have like a, a, a makeshift community service that we have out there that we're feeding them. We're dr- addressing any issues that arise from being out long-term, whether it's rent issues or some other issues that develop from not having a source of income. They do get a strike benefit from the local and the IBT. But it's not what they were making per week, obviously. So things get a little tough. But they are sticking together as a community. And most most of all, they're sticking together as brothers and sisters. It's, it's truly amazing to watch. And I'm privileged to be able to see it. And I have to agree with you, man. I mean, I was out there with you guys, uh, with, with a couple of our guys from 804. And the resiliency, the 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 amount of camaraderie amongst your, your brothers and sisters there was really the way it should be. You know, they're still standing strong one day longer, one day stronger. Right. I mean, exactly. I, I, I was, and then, you know, I, I appreciated it. You guys, you had some food there. I mean, we brought a couple things, but you guys were already set up. You had everything we brought. It was, it was the day after your birthday. I believe we brought the fat cat wow. up for you. You know, everybody wow. would like to see the fat cat with his big diamond pinky ring. Um, <laughs> and then it, it poured on us. I mean, it was like, and, and, you know, with all that rain, the, the members were still walking around every time a truck went in and out. We're uh, parading around the, the, the front of the facility and letting them know uh, you with the bullhorns tweaking because the water was hitting them, was still going at them. Um, you know, of course, the law enforcement was there and they want to come try to break it up every few minutes. They got a little yep. annoying uh, or very annoying. And, and it's yep. sad because if it wasn't for them using law enforcement, this would have been over already. Because if these trucks weren't allowed to come in and out of the facility, which they shouldn't be, you know, um, in my opinion, then this would have been over a long time ago because I'm sure they're hemorrhaging money as it is. And and we saw a picture. You want to tell uh, the people a little bit about that picture that uh, unfortunately that scab who got into a bad accident and the truck was pulled out of the uh, what uh, some ditch somewhere. It was that same day. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a scab that was doing uh, roughly ninety five. To 100 miles an hour in the high speed lane on 495, right up near Cape Cod. Um, rolled the van over. I don't know how he didn't die. That's amazing within itself. Right over the barrier and down to the ditch. Packages everywhere. Um, they issued a citation for that scab. Um, but it, it, it once again, it proves that the people they're bringing in, they, these are not long term people. These are people looking just to grab a day's work and, and, and you know, Take whatever scrap they can get from the from the corporate from corporate America. But needless to say, this doesn't this doesn't discourage my my unit at all. Uh, they are strong, they're resilient, 
they're staying, they're staying together. We took them on road trips to Georgia. We, we got, uh, I'm sorry, South Carolina. So these guys were willing to go down and walk his neighborhood, fly in his neighborhood, be harassed by what basically was a gang of Trumpsters living in his neighborhood. But these people, these brothers and sisters, they took it out. They went out there and they did their thing and they didn't back down. They didn't waver a moment. And they let the whole world know. We went back down and leafleted his church. We went leafleted his family. We picketed his mother's house. We did all kinds of stuff. So, you know, again, that tells me that the union, the unit is ready to rumble and they're ready to keep fighting for what they believe is right and what we know to be is right. We all reap the benefits of the team's pension. We all reap the benefits of the health and welfare and be able to go to the doctor when you're sick. You know, medical is a right. It's not a privilege. And people need to understand that. And poverty is not a crime. Poverty is a symptom of corporations that have decided that they're going to put you there by economically declassifying you to four. So, you know, we need to understand these things as union members. And we need to understand that we have a lot in common with people making 15, 16 bucks an hour. And we need to help raise their level up, too. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's one of the great things I, I like that everybody's talking about with this big uh, potential UPS strike coming in 2023. I mean, the goal there is is to set a standard so high that these companies just have to follow suit because who's going to want to work for them, right? I mean, you got, this is, we're talking warehouse package delivery logistics. We need to make sure that that benchmark is set at a level that it's just going to let everybody know this is where we're at now. That's it. There is no, you can't go lower than it. Nobody will want to work for your company. Um, and, and we gotta, we gotta make sure that's, that rings true. So the um, holding, I, the holding part is just the medical or is it other, other things that they holding, uh, the contract right now it's, it's the medical. I mean, we got decent language in there about bidding and vacation seniority and et cetera. That's all pretty good. But the, the main, you know, again, it's always the meat and potatoes of the contract. And it's it's wages and it's healthcare. I mean, expect somebody to come up with three hundred and forty dollars a week for a family plan who makes eighteen dollars an hour. It's not obtainable. Nobody can afford that. Wow. Um, so we've offered this employer multiple levels of different ways to try to resolve this issue, whether it be you know New England, uh, New England, uh, our health and welfare, or Legion Care, which is New England, or some other form of trying to. There's no response. There's no response and there's no issue. The only response we ever get is, well, healthcare's not our problem. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Greg Kerwin, what are you thinking, man? I know you're listening. I see you nodding your head. I, I know am. it's bothering you, just well, like I, it bothers a lot of teamsters. First of all, I want to agree with, with you and, and with Matt, because I've been down there too, and this is a rock solid group. These guys are they are tough, they're on fire. They are they are not going to settle for anything. It was fantastic to see them all together down there. Um, but just to add on to what you said, and I know we got a lot of UPS people listening. You have to understand that that you know UPS and all these other companies they're in competition. As workers, we're not. We are part of the same group. We're doing the same work. And it should be for the same pay and the same benefits. So if somebody's working for DHL, they're working for FedEx, they're working for Amazon, or anybody else who's in the logistics industry, whether it's warehouse or packages, delivery, whatever it is, we all should be working at the same standard. And that's the, that's the big picture. That's the, the big goal in all this with the UPS contract and with fights like this at DHL is that we need to make clear to anyone in this industry that if you're going to be in this industry, you're going to provide wages and healthcare and benefits up to a Teamster standard. We need to set the bar. 
And I think that's something that gets lost in this this BS competition stuff is that as workers, we are all on the same team. Whether you're in the union yet or you want to be or you don't even know it's an option, we have to look at that as we want everybody under one umbrella working for the same wages at the same standards. Absolutely. Absolutely. Workers of the world are the same no matter where they are, what they do. A worker here is the same as a worker in Venezuela. We need to be united in our front against corporations and fight for a living wage across the board. Yeah. And, yeah, and you know, uh, I, a lot of people don't do the numbers and statistics. I know, Matt, you pay attention to it. I know, Greg, you pay attention to it. The, the truth is that the top 1% of this country, you know, um, have more wealth than the bottom 90. Um, we're talking about, you know, a few hundred people that have more money than millions. And, and I'm talking about just by, just them alone. It's just ridiculous the amount of wealth that these uh, 1% have in comparison to the working class American, you know, families in this country. And it's pretty sad because we, we there was a time uh, we could talk back to the 1930 uh, Minneapolis strikes, the teams, the big teams of strikes, where, you know, the workers back then fought to get us on even playing ground with the companies where we knew they had to make money. But at least it wasn't the separation wasn't so ridiculous. It is this today. Here we are in 2023. And that separation has gotten so far. It, it's just it's one, it's undeniable. You, you have to be, you know, you have to be somebody that's really slow not to see it. And, and two, it's just very disrespectful to the workers who built it, who made that money for them. You know, I mean, here we are, our blood, our sweat, our tears, our families, time away from our families so that they can have all this money and they don't even want to give some of the workers a livable wage or, or a, a decent pension. Someone should deserve Someone deserves 100% after 25 years to 30 years of service to get some money for the rest of their life to just relax because, you know, you busted your ass that whole time. You deserve it. And yeah, 401k is great, but, you know, you should have a, a, a pension that's yours that should not be touched. You should be able to have health and benefits. Like you said, Matt, you know, you put it so articulate. We need that. That's that's a that's a that's that's a that should be a standard. That shouldn't be a, we shouldn't be fighting for this. You know, and it and it's sickening when I when I hear this and I when I was out there and they were telling me how long they were out there, you know, what is it, uh, three months almost now, a little over three months, a little over three. And, and these guys are still standing strong and they're standing together. You know, that's that's I've been on strike one time. It was 1997 with like most of you here. I know a lot of you guys are ex UPS or or are UPS. Um, it was done in like what two weeks maybe. Two weeks. <laughs> they the company buckled quickly so you know i've never been out there for that long that three three months man that's man that's just not it's not even right i i, I tell you when i was out there and i saw all these scabs just the, the reason that these guys are out there is one because the police are out there and they're helping these companies which is which is just a, a crime in itself that they can use law enforcement to help them when they're and i told the officer i said you guys are union you know, how would you feel if, if somebody was doing your job? You know, how would you feel? And, oh, well, you know, you guys, you just got to let us do our jobs. It's not our fault. And I'm like, well, your job is killing, you know, the, the working class American. So that's what your job how, is. How did it get how did it get to that part that you got injured? Um, what what happened? What was the, the I mean, where you blocked the truck and they tried to remove, remove you? No, no. So basically, uh, we had a, a scab worker who had assaulted one of our strikers and 
Plymouth, Massachusetts, struck him with a van. We had filed a police report in Plymouth, Massachusetts, uh, where Plymouth was actively putting out a warrant for his arrest. So when he came the next day, he was driving out in the van. He almost ran us over while we were picketing. And I was yelling to the cops. There was an active warrant for him. And before I could even finish, next thing I know, you know, I'm getting um, dragged out by five cops. And they're, be they're basically beating me, throwing me on the ground. Um, then when they gassed me, when we got me up, etc. And then when I looked over, I saw Tiffany basically got caught in the middle of all of that. And they really, what they did to Tiffany was disgusting. Um, anybody who watches the video, uh, it was horrible. They had every intent. They know that Tiffany's a steward. They know that she's the leader of the pack. They know that she's there every day and she advocates for her members. Um, what they did to her, was I've never seen anything like it. Uh, and I've been on many, many different lines. Uh, some I've run and some I've been out on for my own. And I, I, like I said, unleashing, un, uh, releasing canine dogs out on us and using gas grenades and randomly spraying people with pepper gas. I've never seen anything like that. I don't don't they have a a certain policy they have to follow when it's a strike with the police officers? I mean, it seems to me that they with the company. They are with the company. I mean, let's let's really look at the history of the police. Right, the police were invented during slavery to round up the cattle and bring it back to the plantation. So, in many ways, the police have always aided corporate America, and they're the protector of corporate goods, and they make sure that all goods in America. Uh, keep rolling and keep moving in the name of commerce. And so they don't really represent the interests of workers or what rank and file strikes we might see, including the Memphis Tennessee strike where we saw, you know, police shooting at people. I mean, it, it, it's not uncommon for that to happen. Um, and that's why I'm a big advocate of defunding the police. Uh, and I think that the police need to be really looked at. The police have been militarized in our country. Uh, there should be no police officer walking the streets carrying a flak jacket, wearing full BTU combat gear with riot grenades, and that's not policing, that's military policing, and we need to get back more to a community police, and they also need to take away their second bill of rights. They don't, they don't need that. They have collective bargaining, they have just cause. Why do they need a second bill of rights? That's, that needs to be removed as well. That's, that's crazy, what I'm hearing. Tiffany, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you really want to talk more about this, but could you please explain to some of our listeners exactly what it is that you went through? Because a lot of people can hear it. I mean, I saw the video. Um, Matt was gracious enough to show me what had happened. I saw how they just grabbed them, threw them down the ground and started kicking them. I, I didn't get a, a lot of footage. Uh, I didn't get to see a lot of what happened to you. But I mean, everybody was telling me, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what you experienced and how you felt? Um, basically, the police were once, you know, the government official people left, like Matt said, they, you know, started being very handsy with the members. I've already had an issue with the police previous to this. So I kind of stay away from the actual strike line, but it was getting very, very handsy. And I just wanted to make sure that I was videoing it. So I left the side of the road to go to the strike line and I did record some of it. And then I just looked over and I seen Matt and I just put my hand on his shoulder. And after that, I basically was on the ground face first. I 
mashed my head on the pavement. I ended up with a concussion. I, I guess there was four to five cops on top of me. I didn't know who was on top of me. There was a lot of people there that day. They were really pushing the crowd. So I wasn't sure that it was the police. So I'm fighting, I'm screaming. And, you know, no one's telling me I'm being arrested. Like they're, they're close to me. Then pepper spray, it was just insane. And I'm like getting pulled up off the ground by cops and asking like, what did I do? Because... <laughs> I didn't know what I did. All I did was put my hand on my brother's shoulder and I was to the ground and I, you know, was put into a cruiser. We're begging for water. Me and another girl that got arrested for helping me um, to like get it off our face. The officers were actually getting water for their own selves because they sprayed their own selves in the face. Um, one of the officers. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. They was yes. they were just spraying so wildly that they ended up spraying yes. their own fellow they, officers with pepper uh-huh. spray. Absolutely, the officers that brought me and the other female to the cruiser, they actually got themselves water before they got us water. Wow, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, it's got to be some lawsuit going on there because they have to have a policy. They have to have a separation from being a police officer and they bylaws versus, you know, on a picket line. I mean, I think that this is this is crazy that they even did this. There is there is none. Yeah, historically, this is the way it's always been. Police have never been on the side of unions. Never. I, never, never, I don't never, know. In New yeah. York City, man, the cops, yeah. when we were doing that protest in Laurelton, they came up to us in, in a polite way and said, listen, as long as you don't block the driveway, you're good. You could pick it all you want. Just uh, you can't block the driveway. I mean, no, that, it, that may be. But when push comes to shove, they won't be on your side. I can guarantee it. I see Matt nodding his head. That's that's the way it's always been. They are they are just another arm of the company and always have been. And it the also fact depends. that they have their own union really doesn't matter. Yeah. They've all it's always been that way. It's always been on the excuse of, you know, oh, we're keeping the peace or whatever other bullshit they come up with. And right. and it, they're not on the side of workers. If they were, it would be a whole different approach to things. It really would. Because well, well, companies not, wouldn't not have the, this this inherent muscle that they have by using the police force. Yeah, but it's not being a side of, of the workers or the company. It's just they have to be in the middle of that. They have to make sure that no violence is happening. And here I hear that they're creating the violence. That's, that's right. crazy. You, you know the officer. You know one of the officers that um, did arrest me, that <laughs> did was on top of me, actually came to my cell when I was in the Pawtucket police station to apologize. What? <laughs> really? Yes, he came to my cell to apologize. This is before the bail bondsman came, and I was aware that I was going to be staying um, and getting sent to the ACI out of all of us. I was the only one. Um Basically, he came to my cell and said that he was sorry for what he had did, but I got in the way while he was trying to arrest Matt. And I said, okay, sir, I understand that. But what is that apology doing for me now? I'm injured. I'm in a cell. And how did I know what you were doing? You never once said you were arresting Matt, never mind arresting me when I was on the ground. You never once told me to stop resisting arrest. I'm face first. I had no idea who was on top of me. I was trying to fight for my life. Were they reading you at least your Miranda rights? Wait, like, did Matt, no. Matt, you got arrested. No. Matt, you got arrested also. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 
I they both got arrested. More than them. How many people got arrested on that day, Matt? Five. Five people yeah. got arrested. And and just so we're clear, none of you did anything violent. Nobody had a brick in their hand, a weapon. It was just the usual walking on the picket line. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, they they made it out. We, we, I want to just, you know, Tiffany doesn't really know about this stuff, but we met with the local police prior to our strike. It's always good for a local before they strike in that community to let the community know what's going to be the action. And that's exactly what Mr. Katie did. He met with the mayor and the chief of police two weeks before we even walked out of there to notify them what we we're going to be doing or why we were doing what we were doing and what our hours were going to be and how we were going to do it. So none of this caught them off guard. When we walked out, we then notified them, hey, we're on the street. We're just letting you know that we're going to have a 24-hour picket. These are going to be the hours. We're going to be serving food here, et cetera. They started right from the get-go with, if we see you eating on the street, we're going to arrest you. If we see you walking or crossing the street, we're going to arrest you. We had to deal with numerous, numerous arrests. They have arrested 22 people, 22 people as of date, and none of it, none of them have been found guilty yet, okay? Meaning... They're arresting people for malicious mischief because they crossed the street. They arrested people because they were they were using blowhorns, yelling on a picket line. Well, that's protected conservative activity under the NLRA, and you have a right under federal law to yell on a blowhorn on a picket line. So, you know, we've been dealing with very contentious behavior from the police for a long period of time, and it led up to this escalation where we brought the politicians down, who, by the way, were all in support of a living wage and ending corporate welfare and help, helping us do so and fighting for living wages. They were so infuriated by that. As soon as they left, they showed up with the agenda that they were going to beat. They were going to beat the piss out of the rank and file so that we would leave. Well, they did the opposite. It empowered people to want to be there even more because now they hate the police even more and they hate the company for using the police to break them. So, it's always go, it always goes to show you that a strong union is, you know, you can't beat a strong union or the movement of a strong union. Uh, so, you know, their actions, they, they are exactly that. Yeah, did they beat me up and, and, and threw me up for a little bit? And same with Tiffany? Yeah, they did. But the bottom line is we didn't go away. And we're not going to go away. We're going to be out there every day bringing help to them, making sure that the world knows that DHL, NEP doesn't pay a living wage or provide a living health care benefit for our members. That's what Casey's local 251 days dedicated to, just like 804. I know how Vinny is. He's a solid teamster. And just like any other teamster local in this country, they're all fighting for the same issue, social economic justice for the working class. That's what we do. So, Matt, so that the guys that are listening and the members that are listening now, that, you know, we, we it's potential that we are going to go on strike in 2023. And um, what are what are the rules? Can you say so people can learn? You know, what are the rules when we are on strike? What are the rules that we have to have? The rules are that we we uh, we don't act in violence, right? We don't condone violence, so we can't bring handguns, knives, baseball bats, etc. We we can demonstrate peacefully. Can't yell, scream, walk the line, and picket trucks. That's what we're there to do. That's our work. Uh, we are protected under the NLRA Act to do so. Uh, you cannot be hit with a disorderly conduct charge while you're yelling at your employer from the street on a picket line. 
That's against the law because you're protected. And that's exactly what the fucking police did to us. They started whacking us totally when we're not. Um, but those are the rules, you know, right? We have every right to picket, protest, leaflet. We can go to your division manager's house and picket his house and let the public know that we're upset. We can go to our customers and hand our customers flyers to say, these are our issues. This is what they're doing. This is what we're fighting for. Don't use UPS. Go to a different courier. We have all those rights to do that. Yeah? And nobody can ever change those rights. Are they going to challenge those rights? By all means, they are. They're going to do it by bullying and intimidating. They're going to use the police and they're going to fire people because that's what they like to do. And that's where we all have to stick together. Just like Ron Carey from the great local 804, my hero, uh, Ron Carey, said amnesty to all in 1997. I was one of the 12 that got fired in Providence uh, for union activity on the picket line. And Ron Carey personally made sure that I went back to work and that the company granted amnesty to all before contracting. And I'm sure you'll see that again from Brother O'Brien and, and, and Brother Zuckerman. There's no doubt in my mind. So we are gearing up for a war in 2023 with UPS. There's no doubt. And we're going to be, it's going to be a real war. And it's not going to be a two-week strike if it does happen. In my opinion, it'll go a good month or two. Well, you, you know what, Matt? There's a war in this country on working class people, period. We, we're, we'll be at war, but the war against the working class people is real. You know, and people have to wake up to that because these corporations like, you know, UPS, Amazon, they're all trying to get the most out of their worker. We're paying them the absolute least. And it's time that that comes to an end. And I feel like the working class people of this country are finally stepping up and they're, you know, trying to unionize, trying to get together, trying to fight for what they deserve, what they know is right, a livable wage for everyone. Um, out of all the 22, you said over 20 something people have been arrested over the last since the three months that you guys have been on strike. Um, would you say that the people that are being arrested are probably like the people identified as leaders in this? Uh, are they like pinpointing people they feel are probably the most disruptive so that they could try to weaken the picket lines? Absolutely. They, they show up with an agenda. Who's the loudest? Who's the one out there every morning making help? Yeah, that's absolutely their agenda. It's never changed. It doesn't surprise me. I've seen this multiple times. They single out the most militant, and those are the people they target because they figure if they get rid of the most militant, there's nobody else to take the ranks. Well, unfortunately, they don't know how the teachers work. We got many within our ranks ready to fill those voids. So, um, you know, UPS is the same. It'll be the same tactics. It'll be the same thing at UPS. And, um, you know, we're in for a fight of our life here. We really are. And, um, it, but what's reassuring about this one is I see Sean O'Brien and I see Fred Zuckerman. We saw the, uh, the Women's Committee uh, conference in Seattle where they marched on Amazon. That's the kind of stuff that we're getting back to where we're showing the world that we're the mighty teamsters and that we are the leading union in this country and we're going to be that leading union and we're going to take on those fights. So whether we're fighting Amazon or we're fighting UPS, it's still a fight that we're going to fight because we're here to stay and we're loud and proud and we're not afraid to scrap them with you. We're really not. We'd much rather try to settle our differences at the table, but if we can't, we're not afraid to go on the street. And I know how my principal officer is. You know, Matt Tavey, he's got no problem. I mean, I think Sean made a comment at the last TV convention that we'll strike fire hydrants. We don't care. We will strike you. If that's what you want to do, we will put that strike on and we'll take it to you and we'll bang you in the face. You might win the fight. You might bang us out in the long run. But I'm going to tell you what, you're going to go home hurting when I'm done with you. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I feel that you, uh, the company UPS is not going to go more than two weeks. I mean, if they go out three days, they're going to lose billions and billions of dollars and the investors are going to be pissed off. So I don't think they're going to go past two weeks this time. But another thing is that a lot of uh, uh, members are axing and this is their main concern if we do go on strike. How do they get paid? That's the main question. So you've been in the strike and you're 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 dealing with that now. So how do the members they want to know how do they get paid to be on that strike on that picket line? Well, the international has a strike benefit fund. Uh and the formula is I think it's two hundred and fifty dollars a week or maybe it's a little less than that. I'm not exactly sure, but it's a formula uh based off of your hourly rate and they pay you weekly. You know, Sean changed it so it's that benefit is payable immediately. So we're not doing the week grace bull crap. We changed that when we were delegates. So the benefit picks up immediately when you walk out. Um, and that's how you're going to get paid. Uh, is it, is it your usual, you know, 1500 a week? No, it's not. It's not. And that's why it's so important now for our members to understand you have to be financially responsible right now and start gearing up for what ultimately could be coming October 1. Maybe getting ready, maybe having that credit card cleared out so it has zero balance that when you are getting your strike benefit, using that for food and you're paying your other stuff on your credit card so you go back to work. you got to have a plan. you got to be able to execute that plan. you got to stick by it for the next year. I know it's hard. It's difficult. But in the, in the long run, it's the best thing you could do for yourself and your family. Here in 804, we uh, encouraging encouraging the members to get into the credit union and put $50 a day, I mean a week. Uh, Tony, do you know what, what, what I, I don't know where it's going into. It's going to an IRA or IRS? I mean IRA? I can't hear you. you you're muted. Of course. It's it's basically like a high interest savings uh, uh, account that was created just for this particular um, you know, strike. So it's like a, we're calling it, a, it's its own strike fund. Um, the, the, depending on how much money you put in, uh, you have a, you have a year for it to mature. And when you're on strike, that money is available to you. You can't touch it for a year. It completely, you know, you're putting either 50 bucks or a hundred bucks a week, depending on what you're uh, capable of doing. And then the money matures at the end of the year. And then you get a nice lump sum of money. One, you get all the money you put in and you're going to get it at a good interest rate higher than anything that you'll get from any regular savings account. So it, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Here in 804, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. There's going to be guys crossing that picket line. Definitely. No, no uh, way, here? Here? Oh, yeah. No. They're, they're not oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we have. Listen, we what have... you're saying, they thought that back in 97 also. As a matter of fact, the company banked that members within the first week were going to cross that picket line. And nobody did. I'm not saying that it's a whole bunch. It's going to be certain individuals that are going to be crossing that picket line. Well, they're going to try. Now, as a union, when a guy crossed a picket line against the the, the teamsters, what what do we have in bylaws that we can, what do we can 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 we do anything to that guy that crosses the picket line? We can write an Article 19 charge against him under the Constitution. Uh, you can't take that person's job, but you can write the Article 19 charge, bring it before the E board, and implement a fine. Um, a good way to do that is if they do cross any overtime they made during the strike, you find them. If they don't pay that, now they're subject to the union security clause, and then you bounce their ass out of the job. 
So there you have it, guys. If you try to cross the picket line, this is the things that we're gonna. I mean, you're gonna be well hated. Number one, You'll be by the worst all scab. your members, uh, by all your brothers and sisters, when they do come back and the contract is settled, and then there you are, the one that crossed that picket line. You're gonna feel so awkward the and scab. so weird that scab. a lot of guys, a lot of members and brothers and sisters that you decided you wanted to cross that picket line just to be, you know, to support. And you, you have brothers. Scab. Scabs. They're not scabs. Scabs are the scabs. ones that come from the outside to work. No, no. Even oh, your own when they cross their fucking scabs, right? Tell them that. How do, I, how do I cross the line? You're a scab. You cross so, the line, you're a scab, heck. That's so it. you're a scab. Shut the fuck up for a second. One fucking <laughs> second. Shut the fuck up. Scabs. Jesus Christ. Oh, this is this is how I do it. I could do it. I could do it. So listen, I mute him. So uh so I just want to let the guys know, the members and the brothers and sisters out there, to let <laughs> I can't read his lips, uh, that uh, if you do decide to uh, cross that pick line, you're going to feel so weird when they, everybody comes back. So don't stick with your brothers and sisters. Stay at that picket line. It's worth it. It's worth it because they are. we are all fighting for your benefits, your wages. Everything that we're fighting for in that, in that line is because you. If you decide to cross that picket line, you know, you got to understand that you, you, you're going against a big, big company, a big, you know, Teamsters. And you're gonna feel so stupid and retarded when you when you when everything is settling within the days. Yeah, I said it. And then uh, let me let him talk again because I feel bad for him. Go ahead, you could talk, Tony. He don't want to talk. He's laughing. But well, uh, we gotta stay in local 251, which is I'd rather eat out of a dumpster than a corporation's ass crack. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's a good one. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I hope the members here uh, and everywhere around the whole United States uh, understand that, you know, this is serious shit. You know, before we had Hoffer in office and we didn't get to have that right to strike because he was always making dealing willing with the company. So we they got whatever they wanted and they had Hoffer to say, OK, we won't strike you. Just, you know, do what you got to do. Now we have Sean O'Brien. That is not taking shit, and we're and telling the company either you give it or we'll t we'll strike. We're and gonna take it. We're exactly, gonna take it. You're exactly. Gonna get it. So you know, it's is. I hope we don't go on strike. Uh, but if if it's necessary, we all gonna walk out of that damn building, be outside. We're gonna have a great fucking time. We're going to have barbecues. We're going to have some food. We're going to have a fucking great time. We're going to have uh, Dave Citron with his music out there. And it's going to be <laughs> all together as brothers and sisters out there to fight for the good cause of the better of the union. That's right. And great. Before, great before, before we go, I just want to thank uh, Local 804 and their don you know, donating to our Teacher Strike Fund for DHL NEP. I can't thank you guys enough. I'll see you. Tuesday night at the meeting, or Tuesday afternoon at the meeting down in New York. So I'm coming down to the motherland. Oh, nice. So I'll see you there. And awesome. I can't thank you guys enough for everything you do. 804 is the heartbeat of uh, UPS. And, and uh, you guys, we love you guys. So Thank again, you, Matt. You hey, Matt, do you yeah. want to tell the, the people listening uh, who, and who will be downloading this and listening over the next few weeks where they can donate to the strike fund? Uh, you can call 401-434-0454, uh, extension 224, and make a strike down of uh, Pieces Local Strike Fund donation over the phone. Or you can mail your check to 121 Bright Ridge Avenue, East Providence, Rhode Island, 
0-2-9-1-4, Attention Teamsters Strike Pump. And you can make a kind of check there if you want. We appreciate any help that you can give these strikers. Uh, as you know, they've been out there a long time, so anything can help. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I just want to reiterate one more time what Matt said earlier about scabs. It is, they are the lowest form of life. I mean, if, if, if what you're going to hear from a scab is, oh, I need to go to work. I need to take care of my family. What the fuck do you think the rest of the people on this freaking line are trying to do? They're trying to provide a better life for their families too. So don't think that your family's any more special. And yours. That's right. Don't and think that, that everybody's everybody's Everybody. not just you because you're worried about yourself that's what that's why we call scabs the lowest form of life because they care about one person themselves not the whole not the whole group of members that are out there standing on that picking line especially these brothers at dhl that have been out there for three months and have to deal with looking at these dirty scabs coming in and out of their facility doing their jobs and this company just so you know is willing to pay these scabs more money that they're willing to pay their actual fucking workers so that they can continue to try to stay afloat while these workers are out on that picket line. But yet they won't just pay their workers a livable wage, which is a crime within itself. So I want to thank you for coming, Matt. Is there anything you want to say to everybody out there before you go? Or Tiffany, maybe she has something she wants to say. I just want to thank you guys for having you know, for having us and coming by the line and supporting us. And I didn't even know this existed. So Matt has to hit me on all this because I didn't even know you guys existed, the radio, none of that. So I got to get a hip on that. But thank you guys so much. This is a great experience. Thank you so I, much. I just want to close with uh, saying fuck the police. <laughs> oh, we should, we, uh, uh, you got that song, Hector? You got uh, a... <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> easy E. You got some easy E over there. Yeah. Um, well, we want to thank everybody for showing up, Greg. Uh, I see Jose Negrete came on real quick. Um, you know, uh, David Allen was on earlier and uh, Jamie, unfortunately, couldn't make it this week. He was uh, at a friend, a friend of his just lost. No, no, it's a friend of his just lost his mother. So it was OK, Greg. <laughs> I see Greg shaking his head. Jamie's always a no show. Um, and we want to thank you all for showing up and appreciate you. I hope that, like you guys said, I hope if you could listen back, you'll hear where you can donate to the strike fund for our brothers in local 251. And, uh, you know, as always, stay united, solidarity. We're here to put the U back in union. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sisters. I was, uh, I got, I got something going on here. But anyway, thank you for listening to the What The Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. I want to thank Matt and what was the girl's name? Elizabeth? Tiffany. 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 He's shaking his head. Always. Anyway. Uh, hey, when you're doing too many things, that's what happened. Anyway, thank you for listening to the What The Heck. Thank you listening to the What The Heck Show. Thank you listening. To, I don't know. Am I, am I hearing myself? I don't know. Anyway. Thank you for listening to the What The Heck Show here on Union Power Radio with Tony Rosario. Thank you very much.
Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with your hosts Tony Rosario and Jamie Hayes.